0: Locked On Big Ten, your daily podcast on the Big Ten Conference, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: You're listening into Locked On Big Ten, everything you need to know about the conference every single weekday. As we wrap things up here on a Friday, we're going to be talking first round of the NFL draft stuff later on here with Ryan Herrings. But Right now, we're going to have a little conversation on current Big Ten football, not the past of it. Matt Sheehan's here with Locked On Spartans, of course, hosting with us on Locked On Big Ten once a week. And joining us on the show, John Garcia, Jr., Director of Football Recruiting over at Sports Illustrated and also working with us now here at Locked On to try and make us all a little bit smarter about what's going on on the football field. We can never have too many people for that because it's just a really, really confusing game sometimes, John. Thanks for joining us here for a couple of minutes on Locked On Big Ten. Before we get into specifics, let's start out from a helicopter view. What are you seeing as far as transfers go in and out of the Big
2: Ten as we take a look at the transfer portal and all the holes that a lot of Big Ten teams need to fill right now. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, the Big Ten is reflective of of most of the other Power Five conferences. Uh, There's a lot of incoming and outgoing all at the same time as every coach tries to fulfill uh, the the roster. And, And really, some are trying to cut down while others are trying to build out. And I think that's what makes roster management as hard now. Uh, as it's ever been in college football, you're you're dealing with the eighty five man limit, the signing limits on top of that while trying to fill out classes and navigate a springtime where more kids are entering the portal and and more kids are exiting your program. So it is quite the uh, the twelve month uh, deal, but we're we're coming to a heed with with the May first deadline approaching in terms of immediate eligibility. So I do think that it's going to settle in the next couple of days, at least to some degree. but I do think the Big Ten has been as active as as other uh, programs or other conferences, I should say, uh, with with incoming versus outgoing, but um, not as crazy in one direction as as maybe some programs that are going through coaching transitions and and things like that. The the Big Ten relative to those conferences looks very much stable uh, in that regard.
0: What's got you? just stroking your beard the most just like interesting huh like is it the multiple quarterbacks going to nebraska in the transfer portal like you brought up before we started recording that like that's very interesting is it a interconference transfer going on or is it something else what's what's got what's got your goat here
2: Yeah, the the interconference stuff is always intriguing, no matter the conference, right? Especially if if there's any history between the two teams. That is always fun uh, to look into. So certainly, you know, Jalen Berger I I thought was interesting. Damian Robinson more recently going from Maryland to Penn State. I mean, arguably the the top pass rusher recruit signed by the Big Ten a couple of cycles ago. But yeah, multiple quarterbacks going to one school via the transfer route is not something – that we really ever see. Uh, it certainly creates immediate competition, especially with the relative experience that both Casey Thompson and, and Chubba Purdy had when they made the move to Nebraska, but certainly not something we will see on a consistent basis in any way, shape, or form. So, uh, always something fascinating. But I thought teams utilize the portal really well, including some overhauls. I, I really like uh, how some teams approached it almost positionally like, hey, let's just, let's swipe in a whole new position group or at least. Uh, com- com- competition at at the position group relative to uh, you know Indiana's defensive line, Nebraska's quarterback room that we just talked about, uh, Rutgers 4-0 line transfers, including Curtis Dunlap. Uh, so yeah, there's there's certainly different strategies that we're starting to to see play out in the portal, no doubt.
1: And that's a result of just the changes we've seen in the portal too, right? I mean, just a, a huge huge amount of more players going in. The idea of you being able to like you said, just kind of overhaul a whole position group over the course of one offseason in the portal. That's not something people even had on the radar three, four years ago or something like that. Is there an example of a big 10 team doing that here this off season?
2: Yeah. Uh, I think the trenches in general, because you're, you're yeah. getting size and experience, right? So kids come into, into college at 18 and then they just, they naturally just hit another level physically. So naturally when you get to the big guys, O line and D line, you do see a lot more movement because uh, it, it's such a big need. Uh, I thought Minnesota was another one that had an entire like O line overhaul. Quinn Carroll comes over from Notre Dame. Darnell Jeffries from Clemson uh, in the trenches there as well. Uh, Chuck Flavia from Michigan. Uh, I'm not sure if I pronounced that right. So it, it's it's really interesting to see how how they navigate uh, that entire process. But we're so we're so used to focusing on. You lose one quarterback, you bring one in, like, you know, uh, Michael Penix is out at Indiana. So Connor Blazelax comes in really kind of tit for tat, really simple addition and subtraction. But yeah, in a lot of cases, you can really um, trend up based on how you you navigate the portal. And and it's just again, it's fascinating to watch. And and we're seeing more of this. We're seeing more position groups sort of moving together and being built together to to give these coaches a a little bit more oomph in the offseason.
0: No, this has been great talking about which Big Ten programs have really increased their roster skill. I'm here to end that right now. Uh, which Big Ten team <laughs> has kind of lost the most or had the biggest loss in the transfer portal, whether it is an individual guy like Michael Penix, for example, or if there's a position group that was hit, or Is there a Big Ten team that you're seeing a lot of outgoing transfers and you're like, Ugh, yikes, that sucks for them?
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, not as as dramatic in the Big Ten as other schools that have lost like I've seen in the ACC like seven programs lost 14 or more players, like crazy numbers. I don't know if if the Big Ten is is that dramatic, but I do think Maryland lost a bunch uh, of of players in the transfer portal that have ended up uh, inter conference and elsewhere. Uh, certainly, Robinson, I think talent wise, sure. is, is is maybe the the most important one. They did get a great addition, I think, in Jacob Copeland from Florida. I think the mm-hmm. wide receiver uh, is really explosive, a uh, ton of experience down in sec country uh but i think maryland had had more outgoing than incoming at least relative to, to what i saw on my radar so that's certainly a cause for concern but again the portal is about to be you know flooded one more time for, for the next couple of days so any team has the opportunity to rebound here in the, in the immediate future can
1: you go over that for a second with us john you mentioned a uh, may 1st deadline the uh, next couple of days things happening i mean this is still really new to us nonetheless uh, all the other, of course, people trying to follow what's going on with their college team. So what exactly are all these deadlines and things that are happening over the next few days?
2: Well, yeah, I mean, the NCAA is trying to figure out the portal just like we are, right? We're all trying to figure out how it, it is to be navigated. Uh, and to my understanding, May 1st is the last uh, entrance deadline for a prospect that's that's going to play this fall. So if you want to play on the field this year, you got to make your move in the next couple of days. I believe you only have to be, is that
1: going into the portal or making a decision.
2: I believe it's going into the portal. I, I could be wrong on that. I, I do need to double check there. That makes uh, but, sense. But I've been, yeah, I've been told May first is the is the day you need to be not on your current roster, basically, uh, to, to to potentially play at another program. Of course, if you transfer down a division, different things like that. Uh, I'm, I'm sure you can, uh, you can take a little bit more time. Uh, but in terms of getting in the portal, we're here at, at the 11th hour, uh, and we expect a lot of movement of, of prospects realizing that and saying, hey, let me jump in while I still can.
1: We've been telling you for a while, and it's not gonna stop anytime soon. If you need some protein to get you through your workout or just through your day, Built Bar is the place to go for a protein bar that gives you all the nutrition you want, but also tastes as good as a candy bar. This stuff is legit. The real stuff, as far as taste goes, as far as getting everything you need, it has all that too. We're talking less than 150 calories in every single built bar, while getting four grams of net carbs and sugar in most bars, and 100% real chocolate in every bar too. It's coated all around the outside, so when you open it up, you're gonna say, this looks like a candy bar. It's tasting like a candy bar. But when you look at the packaging, it's a protein bar it's everything that you need to get through your day or get through a workout or really just anything else and if you want to try out built bar or any of the other built energy products whether it be the built boosts built puffs little marshmallows you can pop right in your mouth get that little boost anything like that head on over to built.com right now and use our promo code locked 15 to get 15 percent off your order Again, try it over at built.com. All sorts of new flavors coming out with bars all the time over at the site. Head on over to built.com and use the code LOCKED15 for 15% off your order.
0: Which, this is kind of a broader question to, you know, even go higher up in the helicopter here, but over, not just even this season, but maybe like the last two or three seasons when this transfer portal is really blown up, is there any Big Ten program that's really impressed you the most about how they've been utilizing the program, or I'm sorry, the portal, and if that sounds like a question where I'm just saying, hey, can you please talk nice about Mel Tucker for a little bit? Well, I was going to say. Yeah, I was going to you, say. You caught me. You, you caught me. But uh, yes. is there another coach or another program that's also doing that as well? If, if you don't just want to talk about Mel Tucker, of course.
2: No, let's let's talk about Mel Tucker. Like I, I think, Let's.
0: There we go. <laughs> look,
2: I, I cover recruiting on a national scale, and and I don't think there's a school doing better with prospects in new regions uh, than Michigan State is under Mel Tucker. They're going into Texas. They're coming down to Georgia and Florida. Uh, at a lot more consistent of a clip, uh, which is something that he understands having come from from SEC country with uh, with Saban and Kirby Smart. Wow. I mean, what a what a background uh, Mel has. Um, But look, the portal was was great uh, to Michigan State. Uh, And and I I like the guys they've added this year. I mean, Chris Bogle has quick twitch off the edge. Amir Speed is a massive DB. Uh, That's probably the position I know everyone focuses on running back, I'm sure now. But Really DB is the position where I've seen Michigan state really overhaul quickly and get uh, new experienced players and, and get them up to speed in a hurry. And I think uh, uh, a mere speed can be kind of the next guy uh, in that line, but yeah, now Mel Tucker's embraced it from the beginning. I think a lot of the first second year coaches have, have had to go into the portal and you've seen two different approaches. You've seen uh hey, we need bodies approach and, and that can, you know, kind of dilute the talent a little bit. And you've seen, you know, programs like Michigan State where they're like, yeah, we need bodies, but let's go get the right guys on top of that who can really kind of shake up the whole roster, put the, put the returners on notice because we're bringing in experienced talent, but also bringing the talent that, that can actually factor in, you know, should they, they need to play. Uh, so I do think that they've probably done the best job. Uh, Penn State ha- has been close. Uh, I think, in, in the transfer portal acquisition uh, side of things without losing a lot of big time players. But it's tough. I mean, it's, these numbers are all going to fluctuate again almost daily uh, at this point. So it's yeah. really hard to take a ton away from it in April. But obviously, as we get closer to the season, we'll have a lot better, lot better gauge of things.
1: Let's talk a little bit more about individuals here, John. I, I want to get into those Nebraska quarterbacks that you mentioned earlier. Again, two guys out of the transfer portal coming in. Uh, Casey Thompson. It was, I believe, it was led the Big Twelve in touchdowns passing last season. I think it was the stat that I saw. But it seems like, at least in my mind, he's the front runner for this job. But obviously, you don't transfer in in that situation if you're not trying to play, right? So, it, what's the deal? down in Lincoln, and can Scott Frost finally figure it out?
2: Well, I mean, it wasn't working with one quarterback, so maybe we're, we're on the precipice of a two-quarterback system, maybe, in, in Lincoln. I'm, I'm not sure uh, in particular there, uh, but I do, I do know that these guys bring different things to the table. I mean, Casey Thompson uh, has, has been around forever, uh, waited his turn at Texas, and, and really flashed at times last year, as you mentioned. He, he's got volume. Uh, at his back as well. And Texas, defense was so bad that, you know, they had to, they had to score. They had to score every time out. And I think they averaged like 500 yards a game and, and they still had a losing record. It's, it's kind of amazing what went down there, but Casey brings you some athleticism. He brings you some, some, some gamer mentality. He's confident in his arm. He'll fit the ball into a tight window uh, and he's got some toughness uh, after taking a bit of a beating, Last year, I think uh, that's that's a new trait that we we'll talk about and associate with Thompson's game, um, and and he had he was forced, he was thrust into the role there at Texas. So I think that experience was invaluable as to where Purdy was more of a, you know, you're the guy this week versus this week kind of deal at Florida State, and it was it was never really solidified uh, as opposed to being thrust into action. So you could certainly understand where his frustrations were under Mike Norvell before making the move uh, uh, up to Lincoln. Um, and I believe Purdy was the second one, right? Who committed first? Was it, I think Thompson committed first and then Purdy came in? Either way, Purdy's had to compete everywhere he's been. That's the point I was trying to build. Um, he's always had to, to compete to, to be the guy. Um, and, and this situation may be you know, the toughest that he's had to deal with relative to the other guy. Uh, so you just wonder what that means for the loser of the battle, as you said. Casey looks like the front runner Chubba is a little bit more conventional pocket guy, a uh, really big arm when he steps into his throws, but known to be a, a little erratic at times as well. Uh, so uh, you don't want to hear that if you're Nebraska. So I, I think there's, there's a lot to be said in this battle, regardless of who's in, in front right now. If, if I'm Scott Frost, I take the entire allotment of the off season before I make a final call. And, and that battle could even go into fall camp. I, I wouldn't be mad at that because you of course risk losing, one of these guys uh if things go sideways so it's it's quite the the deal to navigate
1: looks like purdy was a week later and uh purdy was about a week later than thompson in january so you're right you're remembering right gotcha yeah so
2: gotcha i mean walking into that you know i think says a lot about the kid as well um you know usually it's a musical chair scenario right you you're here for this school and that's it let's move on to the others but um you gotta like a kid who bets on himself at least at the outset
1: I'll let you get in, in a minute here, Matt. I just want to stay with Nebraska. Uh, on the other side of the ball, Casey Rogers out on the defensive line. That wasn't expected. How big is that?
2: It's huge because I think, you know, you know, Nebraska from, from that helicopter view, I like, I like how you put that earlier. From that perspective, you, you watch Nebraska in 2021. and It's like, man, like they're pretty consistent on defense. Like they, they really get things done. Um, so you just expected, okay. It's Scott Frost. He's known for offense. You just got to fix the offense and you'll be okay. So you kind of, you know, you go through it thinking the deep, why would the defense change? Why would anybody make a move there? Because that was the stronger unit in 2021 and 2020. Uh, So to see that movement was certainly surprising, but that's, that's the nature of the portal. It it really, there really is, is no built-in inference as to where a guy may go. I mean, uh, you know, Georgia's best receiver left for the team that they beat in the national championship game like a couple weeks later i mean it is it's a new frontier in college football and it 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 does remind us and this is a great example it does remind us to go to back to journalism 101 where we can never assume that that anything is what it is
0: yeah actually hold on let's let's actually stay on that let's let's talk about you john how crazy does this make your job now these days like recruiting (laughs) listen you've you got to keep up with hundreds, if not thousands of names. And now like, Oh great. The transfer portal is even insane too. So like, do you, do you like sleep's done for you? Right. Or like, what, what is it (laughs) that that keeps you going? And (laughs) it
2: it is, it is weird covering kids that, you know, we have a joke in the recruiting industry, like signing day is such a, an end point that you're just, you're just done with that class. You've already written everything you're ever going to write. You've said everything you're ever going to say, you've evaluated the world. You're just so done with the class and it's so nice to just turn the page, but now national unfollow day was signing day. That's not happening anymore because of the portal. Now we have to continue to, you know, at least at a slower rate, keep up with, with these prospects and and check in because things do change in in such short order. So yeah, uh, we're, we're certainly. Uh, we've all been tested, I think, journalistically to, to dig back sure. into the reporter roots that that most of us have, and um, the portal's been good for that. But certainly, uh, like we said earlier, man, we're all just trying to figure this thing out at the same time, um, and, and it's been fun, but it's certainly been challenging in in a lot of ways. Like, oh yeah, I remember this kid from like four years ago. Yeah, yeah, I remember. Right. I remember what he what he could do. Now he's you know three inches taller and fifty pounds heavier, but. But here, here he is looking for another home again. So it, it does revert back to kind of the original goal of of you know trying to cover these kids as they as they try to find their their school. But uh, there's a lot a lot of different factors at play when you're in the portal. And and unfortunately, a lot of those kids that are in there will stay there. I think um, I think the number was 43 percent that are in the portal as of January uh, hadn't had a home hadn't found a home yet. Um, the NCAA studied that so it's it's wow. a big number and, and a, a lot of people I talked to about that 43% number were surprised it wasn't a higher number, they thought it would be closer to 50 or over 50% based on on their personal experience so uh, there's wow. a lot of problems with the portal there's no doubt about it but it, it's certainly been a whole new layer of, of, of coverage from a professional standpoint.
1: BetOnline.net is your place to go for all of your sports betting needs, whether it be actually placing your bets or just the sports info and lines and things that you need to know to make sure that you're making the smart bets. BetOnline has it all. It can be your one-stop shop for anything that you want to do as far as sports gambling goes. And again, they're always renovating with new ways to put your money on your favorite players and teams. And the new website just looks good, too. If you've been betting on sports online for a while... You know that that's far from a guarantee. Head on over to Bet Online right now and see what I'm talking about. Bet Online, where the game starts. And as you said, everyone's still trying to figure it out. We're trying to fill it, figure it out. Teams are trying to figure it out. The NCAA is trying to figure out. It's a long way from really understanding what this new reality of college football transferring really, really is. John, the quarterback position obviously matters most. And there's some new quarterbacks coming into the Big Ten. I want to know, we've talked a couple about them already. Uh, Indiana has a new QB. Obviously, Nebraska has the two new QBs. Uh, Illinois is getting Tommy DeVito from Syracuse to compete for that job there. Do you feel like there's anybody who has the potential, at least, to take their team to a next step next season?
2: Yeah, that's a good call. Um, I, I do think the winner of the Nebraska battle ha- has a chance uh, because what we talked about, we talked about the defense being such a strong unit. I, I don't think any of those other programs uh, around that quarterback are are anything too exciting to dig into. I do think at Indiana with Connor Blazelak, I do think that there is some developmental talent there, uh, that they did bring in some offensive skill guys uh, and more speed uh, to, to the Hoosier offense. So I do think that, Maybe that one has a chance, and 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 Blazel, like, he he's like a gunslinger, man. He's 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 ready to grip and rip it at, at any point. Uh, so I do think that style um, can can win at Indiana, um, but I don't know if there's a quarterback that you're like you're blown away by, like man, he came into the Big Ten and, and he's going to shake the whole league up. I would be surprised if if that were to happen, which I think is a reflection of the strength of the Big Ten because the power programs didn't have to hit the portal to, to jump into the quarterback race. If anything, they lost quarterbacks because they're so steady at that position.
0: Mm-hmm. And if you think I'm done talking about Michigan State, you're out of your mind. Uh, but I, I will make it a conference-wide question here. Kenneth Walker, he was the transfer of the year last year, right? I mean, all-world running back, he was sensational. So as far as skill positions go, like running back or wide receiver, you know, if you just want to go that route, Is there anyone that's really catching your eye? Could it be, you know, one of the Spartans like Jalen Berger or Jarek Prasad out of Colorado, or is there someone else within the conference where you're like, oh yeah, this guy is going to make some highlights for this team and bring them up a few notches.
2: I think Berger is going to be a balanced addition to that, that Sparty running back room. You know, he's, he's got a lot of the same traits that we love uh, about Kenneth Walker. Maybe not, the experience and then the overall touches, but I think some of that sure. instinctive bounce, right, that the vision is really good there, and he's really strong laterally uh, as well, even dating back to his high school days, so I do think that one makes a lot of sense, uh, I mentioned Jacob Copeland uh, at Maryland, you know, I think he, uh, you know, that, that team's going to throw the ball, we, we know this, uh, and they're probably going to be behind a lot, so I think Statistically, I think I think that could be a, a really strong uh, addition uh, there as well from a skill position standpoint. Uh, and then, of course, you know, the, the quarterbacks, man, I, who, who's going to be the guy? I mean, if, if we don't get excited about one, I'd love to see one of them, you know, shut me up on here and, and just blow it out of the water. I mean, if I had to pick one, I think it'd be Connor at Indiana. Um, but maybe it's Thompson. I mean, maybe it's Thompson that that Nebraska Foundation on the other side is strong. Um, and they just need a little more juice, and he brings juice to the quarterback position, so those are kind of the ones that caught my attention in, in kind of skimming some lists um, earlier today, uh, but again, there's, there could be more on the way, so who knows?
0: Do, do you think Mike oxley uses that as a sales pitch to guys like Copeland, like, hey, we're, we will be down four touchdowns in the third quarter a lot <laughs> this year, so we are going to sling the hell out of the ball here coming up and you good sir are gonna get some targets like you think it's part of the sales pitch and on the, on the PowerPoint not, slide not in as guys? many
2: words not not in as okay. many words but i guarantee you loxley said hey look we're, we're gonna throw it a lot we're gonna throw it a lot this year opportunities it's are even there even that's yeah yeah
0: <laughs>
2: love it
1: need to get matt in some of these negotiation rooms with these recruits michigan State. absolutely help.
0: <laughs> i can <laughs> sell you a pile of trash no problem yeah come on now <laughs>
1: I want to zoom out really, really wide one more time before we let you go here, John. Uh, Ever since this change happened in the transfer portal, whether it be the the COVID change, the eligibility changes, things like that, whenever this exploded, the conversation also erupted about what is this going to do to college sports, college programs? Are Power 5 schools going to get all the benefits? Are lower end schools going to get kind of the trickle down economy of Big 10 and Power 5 players not leading up to the expectations? I'm just interested to hear just as someone who's had a very close eye on it, what do you feel like has been the kind of trends as to what goes in and what comes out of the big ten since everyone, as you said, more than forty percent just about everyone is up for grabs right now
2: yeah it's it's a really good question, you know I think there's been there's been a lot of positives uh, I think we've seen guys that that truly need a fresh start and, and then you factor in the coaching carousel, and just how many circumstantial changes happen anyway uh, in college football. Uh, I do think it is unique relative to really all the other sports. Uh, and that's why it's always been kind of, for me, viewed on its own plane. Like college football is its own thing. Everywhere else is everywhere else. Uh, so, you know, I, I think the stability of the Big Ten has resonated uh, with, with guys. Um, and But you've also seen at the very top you've seen that crunch, that numbers crunch really come into play. I mean, Ohio state is losing a kid every day. It feels like, uh, at this point. So it really, it really works on both sides, but I just don't see, I don't see like the mass exodus in the big 10. I don't know who's had the most, uh, departures, but it is really encouraging to see such stability at the top of the big 10. Cause you don't see, you know, Hey, 10 kids from, you know, Minnesota hit the portal today. Like, we see that at other schools. So I, I do think that collectively that says a lot of positives about the Big Ten, about the head coaches in place and, and kind of the structure at the top of the league. Um, but of course, there's always going to be those splashes on the other end of it. But but I'm not sure what the answers are to filter out the the portal and, and make it a little bit more reasonable For the kids who jump in it. You know, I think uh, it kind of reverts back to them and and self-awareness, just like it does with these coaches and these schools. Right. You know, you don't recruit if you're if you're Sparty, if you're Michigan State, you know, you're not going to recruit all the kids in Miami because you're probably not going to get most on campus. You know, you have to have that self-awareness as you, as you navigate as well. So um, I, I do think the portal has reflected recruiting in general. There is a trickle-down effect to go back to that point. You know, there, there is a, an influx of group of five talent uh, as they look to bolster their rosters. Uh, but uh, the problem is a lot of these kids who leave a Power Five school think, I got to stay in the Power Five. So I, I do think some of, some of that purgatory 43%, uh, it is kids who are, are a little bit stubborn, uh, or didn't have a plan going into it uh, with and that's what goes back to self awareness as well. So I, I think the Big 10 has avoided a lot of the stigma around it uh, in volume. And I think that's probably a good thing and, and a good reflection of the league itself.
1: It's going to be tough to beat Miami if they keep giving out cars and recruiting, but we'll see what ends up happening. Uh, <laughs> no Maryland kidding. was as of about a month ago in a quick research, the a team that has no lost the most amount of big 10 players as of right now. Uh, and maybe that, Miami car money conversations, one we can have next week with John at some point. Who knows? But he'll be back on at some point soon for sure. John Garcia, junior director of football recruiting over at Sports Illustrated with us here on the show. Matt Sheen of Locked On Spartans on every single week. Thanks again, John, for joining us here on the program.
2: Thanks for having me, guys. Appreciate it.
0: Yeah, thanks a lot, man.
1: All right. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you, John. Appreciate it. Look at that. Oh, yeah.